I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for jumping on to this podcast series. This is going to be a series uh, that we record called Nonprofits Navigating Technology. And really the goal of this is to get a chance to sit down with nonprofits in town or around the uh, local area and, and really talk through how you've leveraged technology to help you know, benefit your your business or your organization or your nonprofit in really accomplishing what your mission is. And so today we're extremely fortunate to be with Eric Stukrath, president and CEO at Outlook Nebraska, a client of ours at Lutz and, and also a great partner that we have in the community. We've also got Kurt Toff on. He's a business development manager here at Lutz. I think he was very integral in, in the initial stages of the relationship with Outlook Nebraska and Lutz. And, and myself, I'm Jack Moylan. I'm an account manager here at Lutz Tech. And I'm the account manager on for Outlook Nebraska. So I get to work with Eric, uh, not as frequently as I get to work with Mitch Green. Mitch Green's the IT manager. Not sure if he'll be joining us today. So we'll just go ahead and get into it. And I guess first, Eric, if you don't mind giving us a brief introduction of yourself and the organization, then we can get into the details of some of the questions I have for you. Great. Well, thanks for uh, having us on and being able to tell a little bit about our story, how we're built, and 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 being a community provider for people who are blind. It's it's fun to just have opportunities to talk about our mission to different crowds. So hopefully we can we can do a good job in in uh, giving you some some good stuff to think about, talk about, and and maybe have greater conversations as we as we uh, move forward. So Outlook Nebraska is an organization, a not-for-profit 501c3 that was built to employ people who are blind and started back uh, about two decades ago in February of 2000. And since then, we've grown into multiple organizations and basically a family of entities that are both social services, social enterprises, as well as very traditional not-for-profit within our family as well. So, so we have shared services in Outlook Collaborative that do our IT, HR, accounting, and leadership support. Outlook Nebraska as a manufacturer and employer of people who are blind. A couple of property companies to help protect our assets. And, uh, you know, we're built just like other businesses in some regards in that space. Outlook Business Solutions, which is a organization that helps businesses grow as well as look at diversified opportunities for employment for people who are blind in kind of knowledge-based jobs and other opportunities outside of manufacturing. And then our traditional not-for-profit is Outlook Enrichment. And that's kind of a, you know, if if any of us woke up tomorrow without some of or all of our site, Outlook Enrichment would help us navigate daily tasks, work tasks, ambitions, bucket list items, whatever it might be, Outlook Enrichment is there to kind of unlock the tools and resources to help a person who's blind or low vision to, to, to reach their career or personal goals. Awesome. Well, thank you for, thank you for that. And, and yeah, it's been, it's definitely something that's on our list. So I just got married this last weekend. And so it's on my mind and my wife's list to, which is, that's crazy to say, but it's on our list to get involved with Outlook Enrichment because we saw a pretty cool video of doing the tandem bicycle rides out on the trail. So it looks like a great opportunity for people in the community that want to get involved and help and, 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 you know, work with you guys a lot closer. So we'll have to 
take advantage of that. But, you know, back to kind of the main topic of this, how, you know, how have you guys utilized technology to achieve your mission? And, and that can be from the perspective of your internal shared services of IT. It could also be from, you know, the, the facility itself. I mean, you guys have to utilize a lot of unique things, I think, to outfit the facility to allow, to, you know, vision impaired people to, to work there. So how have you guys leveraged that to, to accomplish your mission? That is a really, really loaded question, right? There's right. so many different avenues that we can get into and and talk through. But let me let me talk a little bit from a baseline and then see what kind of follow up questions come about it. Because you know, obviously, and you guys know, technology is it, it's it's the cornerstone or the centerpiece of of any business in in today's world. If if you're if you're not plugged into technology, you're you're probably behind in some ways. And we're no different. It doesn't matter whether you're for-profit, not-for-profit, manufacturing, service-oriented. It's all front and center. I think the uniqueness that we bring within technology as far as how we ask our systems to work and how we integrate with any piece of equipment that's that, that has some sort of technological element to it is that we're uniquely looking for how does a person who's blind interact? How do they integrate their job, their output? their work and, and, and what they do through and with this technology. And is it truly accessible? Because if we're going to achieve employment, we know that the workplace has to be inviting. It has to be a place where a person can belong to and, and tethering to your technology is really a, you know, a huge part of that, whether it's cell phones, computers, machines, ERP systems, you know, you name it, time clocks, even, you know, they're all sophisticated and, and, if I can't see it, I have to figure out how to interact with it. And so we're looking for voice output. We're looking for all the hotkeys that allow technology to be used efficiently. And then in the manufacturing side, we might be looking for things like alarm systems to be audible instead of just visible on a screen or a unique light system that's used within a piece of equipment to help light up an area that's having a particular difference or a particular uh, uh, issue or, or mechanical failure. So there's all kinds of different ways that that I think we look uniquely at technology, but it is, and it's you, you certainly know when it's not working well, right? So right. keeping it up <laughs> and, and knowing that you can interface well with it is is, is definitely needed. Yeah, it uh, it was definitely a, a learning curve for myself working with with you guys because you know we typically send whether we're implementing new technologies or working on a project together we will accompany that with instructions for end users and we have to really review and revise our instructions that we send you know and make sure that they are in a format that can be read with a screen reader right? I, I can't tell you how many times I sent Mitch a couple of instruction documents with screenshots and he has to remind me very politely, hey, Jack, that screenshot's not going to do a whole lot for me. So if you could explain exactly where and what to click, that would be helpful. So it's, I mean, it's been a learning experience and an amazing growing experience for, I think, us as an organization as well to just review and revise, you know, how how what we do is accessible. So it's been, it's been really unique. I think, Kind of to follow up on your your comment, just your baseline comment about how you've utilized technology. What, how has that been challenging as a as a you know as a president and CEO, but also just as as a as a business, a functioning business, a manufacturing business, nonetheless, 
what challenges have that has that really shown with having to keep in mind the accessibility piece? Because I would think maybe is it more expensive to outfit things and figure out how to get things in a in a way that 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 your folks can utilize? So some things, yeah. I, I, I think there are plenty of things that are a bit more expensive because we often find ourselves, no matter what the industry, whether it's uh, the accounting industry or, or the, the janitorial paper industry, a lot of times when we're asking questions of our vendors, our suppliers, you know, our OEMs that, that, that manufacture equipment, we're the first one to ask them a question like, hey, what, do you have any experience with someone who's blind operating? And right. yeah, so usually their answers no. Why? <laughs> right. uh, if they don't know us very well, right? So really, when it comes from a to a cost perspective, I think the cost really is upfront, and and it doesn't matter whether you're trying to be a developmental organization that builds leaders rather than just recruits and hires the best and brightest, or or, or an organization that's that's working with people who are blind. If you're intentional about putting the, putting someone to work or developing them in a certain way, there's a cost element to that, right? The key is how do you reap the rewards of it and make sure that you're positioned for success and it does and that cost is really looked at as an investment. And so right. so we've, we we have some things that are that are very expensive, right? I mean, you don't just make a machine out on, you know, a production piece of production equipment, just talk without some expense. So you may spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, a $5 million piece of equipment that costs $200,000 to retrofit it and make it more accessible is a very small percent of the total capital project. So I think it's, 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 we look at it in a number of different ways, but it's, it is real money, but it's also, it's it's an investment just like anything else, whether that's safety or you know a great leadership development program. Right. Yeah. That's you know that's a great way to put it. At the end of the day, your value proposition is still has to be such that you're showing enough value to justify the cost of what it is that you're providing. Right. The same. It's no different than what I or Kurt have to do. You know, we re- try to recruit the best and brightest that I'm sure come at a different cost than than other services. So understanding your niche and understanding your market and industry is is really important so that you can, like I said, then provide that value, which I can't tell you that was a really cool part of the, the Vision Beyond Site fundraiser that I was at a few weeks ago. That was a very important topic that I think you talked about. And I think you had given an award for your, your top salesperson was that value proposition, right? It's Ultimately, your team isn't selling people on the fact that, hey, you're helping, you know, you're helping uh, vision impaired individuals, you know, gain employment. No, we've got a product that has great value that we want to sell you. Oh, and by the way, we've got an amazing, amazing mission behind it, too, which I thought was was really cool. And, and ultimately, hopefully has led to some pretty successful experiences on your guys's end in the business world. It most definitely has. I think that, you know, we're all looking for not only as consumers or within our businesses, we're all looking for those plus ones that make our work and our output just a little bit sweeter, right? And right. there are ways that we can that we can reinforce that that opportunity to, to to provide for that. And you know, so we look, you know, as individuals, we look for cause by, we look for things that you know that that we can purchase that that have that plus one 
to it. And I think when we look at our customer base in the, especially on the tissue side in the away from home sector, you know, people are making budget-minded, budget-conscious decisions on their supply chain, and, and we happen to be a part of it. Our differentiator happens to be that, you know, we get, a, we get to go back to them and say, you know what, do you realize that your purchases alone help to support, you know, support a job on a production floor that otherwise might not be there? And right. those are the little feathers, those little plus ones that I think that tip the scales. And, and we have a lot of customers and vendors that, that come back and just say, it's, it's just so much... There's so much reward in doing work because of the people behind the products or the services. And that's a, I mean, it's that those are stories we tell all the time. And I think those are the stories that people are also starting to tell outside of their interactions with us. I'm sure you guys have experiences of that as well. And talking about what you may have learned here, and hopefully it's a value to your business and showing how you can be you know, light on your feet and, and adaptive and innovative in how you provide services. And, and hopefully it's a plus one in your business as well. Absolutely. I think one way that, you know, at least I for sure am, am, am growing in this experience, it really is not at all related to, you know, the mission behind Outlook or, or the fact that, you know, I work with, I work with, you know, someone that's vision impaired. It's, it's, it's the consciousness of budget. Right and, and and understanding, hey, it's really important that we source from places that that are going to work for our budget, work for our IT budget as a nonprofit. Right, I mean, there's a different budget that we have to we have to keep in mind. And and I think Mitch has done an amazing job of of being that proponent for you guys. I mean, he's always him and I when we have conversations, it's always back to, hey, well, we got to find a way to make sure you know that this makes sense for us. That you know, a, it's the right technology, but b that we're doing it in a cost-effective way because we have to keep that budget in mind. And so I think it's, it's helped me a ton to just, you know, remember sometimes you got to get creative and sometimes, you know, there's plenty of avenues out there. And so you just need to utilize them the right way. So are there any trends that you've noticed as a nonprofit specifically in the world of IT or in the world of technology that, that you guys are going to look to leverage in, in the future? Yeah, I think, you know, this whole, with the, the prevalence of diversity, equity, inclusion in everybody's workspace. I think that technology plays a huge part in adding kind of an A to that mix. So we actually talk about it, we call it IDEA. So inclusive or inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility, because it is, if you're going to cater to a full set of diversity, it's probably got to also include people with disabilities or people with different uh, uh, types of capabilities rather than just your typical uh, um, types of DEI, you know, initiatives. And so being truly inclusive is much broader than how it got out of the gates. So I, I think technology will be front and center in that because it's, it's a game changer. It, it, it's a, it levels playing fields when it comes to getting work done because it doesn't matter whether I can read a screen. It just matters whether that screen is readable or audible to me. And so, so our role is to help make that message more clear that there, there are ways to, to dig a little bit deeper, to peel back, get past that first layer of what uh, developers and uh, um, coders and, and, and IT personnel believe is accessibility and help them get more practical with it. I think we'll see 
a lot of breakthroughs and a lot of opportunities for that to expand. But, but yeah, I, it's, there's so much opportunity with it. It's, it's phenomenal to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a great, that's a great point that you make about technology being the true, it's the reset, right? It's the, it's going to level the playing ground for everybody, especially with the emergence or or the, you know, how, how forefront zoom and teams and audio and video technology is and, and, the emergence of remote workforce and you know it's ultimately going to be who can get the job done and and who can do the job the best right so ultimately to your point about it really leveling the playing ground is is great and and very exciting to be a part of as well so kurt not to put you on the spot but are there any trends that that you know you're seeing in the because Kurt's a little bit more of the business development perspective and you can give the folks an introduction as well, but what trends are you seeing in terms of technology um, and innovation from the nonprofit perspective in, in your world? Yeah. So I think one of the big ones I'm seeing is just in the past, I've seen a lot of organizations rightfully so, but take the budget and stretch it. Corners might've been cut or lesser products were purchased on the technology front. More and more conversations I'm having, organizations are looking to invest in the right technology. And it goes back to Eric's point of the right technology is going to help attract the right people, right? So they want to make sure that when they come to work, everything is efficient, working properly, right? So you're starting to see a lot more of the nonprofits really invest in that technology backbone, whether that's just getting good laptops or making sure users have stuff that helps them be efficient in their day-to-day. That's that's one of the big ones. The, the, the idea, I like adding the A to that, Eric. That's great. Working with your staff. The one thing I will say that I'm seeing a lot of from our staff is communication is the backbone to any successful partnership, right? This, is, this has helped us as an organization get better at communicating, right? It, it isn't as... as uh, the, the daily task of just shooting an email off and saying, oh, hey, here you go, right? Mitch right. Mitch isn't Mitch able is to me. click on what you're talking about, Jack, right? So we have to communicate better. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's that's a great point. And it's, 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 it's exciting to see the investment be made in technology to your point about people want to go to work somewhere where they know that they're going to have you know, they're going to have the tools that they need to accomplish their job. And I'll just say, you know, Eric, I did a uh, tour. We brought a few of our folks out right when we started working together and we did took a tour of your facility. And I have to say it was a wonderful facility. A, you know, the office is is set up great, but then the manufacturing facility was incredible as well. So it's, you can tell the investment's been made and put into the facility so that people can show up to work and and be proud of where they work. Um, and I'm sure that that's been, I'm sure that hasn't been, you know, extremely easy to accomplish, but what, you know, how much effort and how much work have you guys put into over the years into that facility back specifically in the manufacturing side of things? Trial and error, right? So yeah. <laughs> anybody that gets it right the first time probably didn't, they, they, they probably had somebody that just handed them all the answers. Right. Does that ever happen? I don't, I don't know if that ever happens, no, but, I'm lucky um, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, trial and error, getting good feedback. I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard some interesting statements throughout the years, like with, with safety, like ironically, if you want to be the safest company in the world, pick someone who you think cuts corners and just follow them around a little bit, see what corners they cut. That's where you figure out how to 
become safer and, and, and change things. Right. So if you, if someone's really efficient, you know, learn from them and figure out how to expand that. And, and because someone else just might not be interacting the right way or in a different way that you can either teach them or improve. And I, we, it, it's been baby steps all the time. Right. And, and, and we've had to do that pretty intentionally. Aside from that, we, we learn from a family of organizations around the country that are like us. Some of them have done similar things that we have. And we learned from them when we looked at the design and like the tile color and contrast and, and different textures to use in the floor, for example, those ideas came from Wichita, Kansas, and they had done a remodel and, and they were looking at it from a more inclusive perspective and uh, wanted to be more adapted and, and, and uh, integrated. And, and uh, so they took a quick video of them walking through some of their halls and we picked some things out and asked more questions, right? So you just, you, either you're a constant student or, or you're probably behind a little bit where you should be because we've all, we've all got more to learn. So it's been slow and steady, but trial and error. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's, I, you know, that's probably something people um, when they hear technology or information technology or navigating technology, they probably think of computers and servers and network and all that, but no, it goes all the way down to the color of the floor tile, which is a great thing to keep in mind too. It's, it's everywhere. It's all around us, right? How do we make our environment more accessible, more adaptable and more inclusive? So that's, that's really fun to hear. So I guess what, you know, at this point, what does the future look like for technology outlook? What are some of the things you guys have on the horizon for, you know, large projects? And if they are related to technology, great. If not, I think everyone would just be interested to hear of what's coming down the next few years. Absolutely. So Aside from technology, with us being a, a couple decade old, old organization, I feel like we are learning a lot about what we can truly become as part of the community and, and what the community needs. So I, you know, one of our biggest uh, initiatives moving forward is, is expanding our outlook enrichment programs and, and saying, okay, so let's let's better understand what blind people need in order to feel fully connected and engaged in their community with their family and leading a fulfilled life for themselves, right? So if we're asking ourselves those types of questions, then obviously there's going to be a technology element because, you know, this thing is with us every step of the day. You know, we're, we're doing this not over a speaker phone, but, but over video, um, right. you know, all these, all these things have, have got to be connected together. And so we've got to stay on top of it. We've got to stay in front of it. We will have, I think we will begin to see more and more employers that are going to be welcoming to people who are blind. One of the biggest filters that, that, Sighted people do, and I I catch myself doing this now and then, but have no problem talking about it out loud. Is that, you know, when somebody tells me how they do something or or how I think they would do it without sight, I'll often put a limiter right out of the gates on on what's what's the potential is and what the capabilities are. And sometimes I forget to just ask them what might be out there or what they've learned or what they know. And so embracing technology and making sure that that's front and center in that ask and, and not limiting someone's potential just by, by having to go through my brain, how I'd do it if I was in their situation, instead of asking them is, is, is a big part of that change. And then on the manufacturing side, we are continuing to diversify our product mix. Um, we're looking at bigger, bigger, stronger, faster equipment. So increasing throughput per person 
you know, is efficiency ultimately is, is what we're working for. I'm sure you hear that from just about everybody you work with. doesn't matter whether you're in the service industry or, or, or uh, uh, in something like manufacturing. We've, we've all got to figure out how to do more with not necessarily less, but we've got to, we've got to do put less dollars into each dollar that we ultimately earn back in, in, in sales or revenue. So, so we're, we're going to be looking at uh, equipment, big lines of equipment that really make our job faster and, and make us be able to uh, take on more market share. So we're going to be aggressive with that. And then last but not least, that diversification into other sectors. When I'm meeting with employers or other businesses around um, the city, doesn't matter whether that's you know leading up to an ask for a donation or um, whether we're looking for opportunities to work with them, supply them. I'm always asking them, you know, what are their needs or what what needs are unmet? Or if you, you know, if if, if you have a hiring issue, where does it exist? And what I'm trying to do there is understand where we might be able to have a niche. And there's some consistencies in the way employers respond. And, and there's Within those consistent or within those uh, um, consistent responses are going to be places we might be able to find talented people that are highly unemployed and ready to go to work for them, or maybe we can achieve a subcontract with them. So that's something. Once this kind of post-COVID world settles down and we feel like we've we've achieved what we can through the manufacturing side, we're gonna we're gonna get even more aggressive in that diversification and, and growing jobs outside of manufacturing in our own internal services model. Love that. Yeah. I think, you know, hearing more about the shared services internally, you know, the business other, you know, the uh, other than the manufacturing enrichment that, I mean, it sounds like a lot of opportunity, which is great. You know, you mentioned the limitations we put on people immediately, or as soon as we hear that they may have a disability of some kind, my, my wife's sister is a speech pathologist and, and her daughter has some developmental disabilities about year old, just over a year old. And she said something the other day that I thought was pretty profound and it was presume, presume competence, right? Just based on probability, assume someone is going to be competent before you immediately go through that process of limiting them or their capabilities. So I thought that was something that, you know, I'll certainly keep in mind when I meet someone, I'm just going to presume that they're competent because we're talking to each other, right? As opposed to go through and limiting them. So, well, it's exciting stuff. Uh, that's that's wonderful to hear. For anybody listening to us that wants to get involved or is excited, what are some ways that they can do so and learn more about Outlook Nebraska and, and the different groups that you guys have and how could they get involved? On the web, if you look up Outlook Nebraska or Outlook Enrichment, you can find uh, some of our services as well as employment opportunities that are there. A lot of times we find loved ones that are helping someone who's blind or low vision find a place where they can seek resources and and help, and so um, so they can do a little search and understand a little bit more. And uh, that that pretty much is is the best way to reach out. There's a ton of contact information and and uh, people there that that can reach out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. Um, I appreciate it. Let us know if there's anything at all we can do in the meantime. Otherwise, we'll continue to help you know help help you guys through uh, the IT world and 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 support you guys however we can. But again, appreciate your time. Really have loved getting to know what you guys do and and look forward to continuing you know our relationship you know into the future. So. Absolutely. I ditto to all that. And, and it's refreshing to have an organization that 
uh, is willing to learn, roll up the sleeves a little bit and, and help us get better at what we do and, and think of it beyond just IT services, but really making businesses better all around. So thank you guys for the partnership. You bet. Well, thanks, Eric. And thanks, Kurt. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.